0: Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast, episode 67. My name is Dan Murphy, and joining me on this episode, the first one in quite a while, apologies for that, but <sighs> be in eating it. For joining me, as he usually does these days, it's Mr. Chris Manning. Chris, how are you?
1: I'm fine, Dan, thank you. It's, it's very nice to be back on the podcast. Like, you'd find me in a bit of a state of uh, wrestling-induced shock, having just witnessed the seismic events at the end of sort of Survivor Series, yeah. so yeah, I'll do my best, yeah, it's um, mad that however, I, I don't know. It, I was talking more about Carmella getting knocked out first, my friend, it, it really knocked me
0: sideways. Mm, absolute joke, an absolute travesty, one would say. So, got a couple of, also joining me Chris, got a couple of special guests, and so first up, on his first ever appearance on the Line of A podcast, it's a Writer from the old Trotter blog website is Mr. Jimmy Donnelly. So, Jimmy, how are you?
2: Good evening, chaps. Very well. I've uh, torn myself away from the big white telephone thanks to me missus' uh, cooking, but uh, <laughs> all well for now.
0: Sweet, sweet. Do you want to, to the uninitiated, do you want to explain just who you are <laughs> and why you're on our humble abode over here?
2: Uh, I've been writing for Trotter's blog for coming on here in January. Um, myself, uh, Liam Hatton, runs the site. Um, he's had me writing for him for about a year. Um, been chatting with Chris, for the past uh, few weeks or so. And uh, he's good enough to invite me on. So here I am. Mm-hmm.
0: We always like to get a wide variation of opinions here on the <coughs> Love Pod, and none are more valued than our final guest this evening. It is of course the chief football <coughs> writer over at the Bolton News. It is Mr. Mark Isles. Mark, how are you? Hey.
3: Wonderful, wonderful, oh. freezing. <laughs> Freezing my breasts off this afternoon at that uh, training ground, absolutely below zero. But I got a cup of soup out of it, so so such is (laughs) life.
0: Every cloud, as they say. And and at least you didn't get caught in in a monsoon in Sheffield today. And with Sheffield's tendency to flood, I may not be here tomorrow. So that is good. Anyway. Bolton Wanderers.
1: If you can just make sure the podcast gets posted, Dan, before you do, please. <laughs> I mean, you've got you do have, you do have responsibilities.
0: Yeah, I shall try my damnedest. As we were, Bolton oh Wanderers. Since it's been about four, four weeks, if not longer, since the last last yeah, since the last podcast, I think we haven't talked since we beat Bury two nil away. So there's been lots of games in the time since, as is with League 1. So, in the meantime, let's have a quick run through. We beat Port Vale 3-1. We beat Grimsby in the FA Cup 1-0. That took our unbeaten streak to 8, when we then fucked it by losing to Cheltenham and then losing to Peter in the league last week on telly, one of the few games I could actually watch, and we were god-awful. But, on the last Saturday they just went past, we clawed it back, the... Uh, the bad runner farm didn't last nearly as long as the last one did, and we got a another two null victory against Millwall. So I don't know if there's anything of the first four games that you want to discuss, any of the um, from the victories or defeats before Saturday's game. Anyone, or we just jump straight into the Millwall game? It's up to you, because I've seen none of any of them. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I. There's that. nothing to say about them. <laughs> <It's> not that Cheltenham <laughs> game. Oh.
1: I was on holiday for the Port Vale one, and I chose to go to the Calvary mm-hmm. instead of watching the Peterborough mm-hmm. one. So I think I had the, the the upper hand on all of those games.
0: Yeah, I, you really did. So I guess did, I, I presume everyone was at Millwall. So Chris, t- what was that game like? We looked quite comfortable from what I've seen. Josh yeah, uh, scored a great mm-hmm. goal. You may as well as you, free may as well as talk about that, and I'll fucking lean back for a bit, have a chill out.
1: Yeah, you. you. You get that bucket ready to bail yourself out. It was great. I really enjoyed it. It was freezing cold, though. I mean, I hate being cold. And the stupid, stupid trainers that I've got, I've got like a mesh thing on the top, which lets all the cold air in. So barring um, hypothermia developing through my toes, I really enjoyed it. It's been a long time um, that I can remember dominating in such such abundant form, as we, we showed on Saturday. Every single player had, had a good game. Um, from from top to bottom, it was a really, really good performance, and Millwall were really bad, really bad. I don't think I can quite make that as obvious as I can. Looking back, um, I wrote the preview for the website um, at the back end of the week, at Thursday, Friday, and it, I didn't realise that Millwall were in quite such good form as they were, but they showed absolutely none of that. Were on they, Saturday. We were they just them.
0: bad, or did we make them bad?
1: Oh no no we were we were excellent we were excellent I mean they had their flow disrupted quite early on now Gregory their main striker went off injured oh that's um, so I don't know how much that affected yeah I don't know how much that affected their flow but we, we were brilliant in midfield especially we were, we didn't give them a minute on the on the ball and that started from the attackers from Medin, um Clough. Velo and Amiobi pushing on, it really gave us an extra dimension because they didn't have any time on the ball to settle whatsoever. And so any hope they had of playing through our midfield was, was gone because the, the first shield that we showed in front of the, the, the midfield too was absolutely rock-solid. Um, and I thought Parkinson uh, tactically got it bob on. He's, um, the way he set up with the, the personnel as well, absolutely no problems whatsoever from there. Uh, it was just an all-round great performance, and, and it go- gives us some real confidence going into tomorrow night against Coventry when it's, judging from tonight's weather, uh, it's due to be even colder. So, wrap-up warm, that's all I would say.
0: It sounds like that... A lot of the intensity. Yeah, oh man, I cannot speak tonight. I'm, I've only just got back from Germany, so I'm still <laughs> fucked. But um seems like that a lot of the intensity, I still don't know if I pronounced that right, that we didn't have in the Peterborough defeat was kind of found again against uh, Millwall, Jimmy. Would you kind of agree with that?
2: Yeah, it seemed like they'd had a rocket up them, um, certainly since Sunday, but echoing what Chris said, I think intensity is the good word because <clears throat> I thought we played better football against Port Vale and we looked like scoring more goals against Port Vale but they looked stronger at the weekend against Millwall as a team all over and um, they just controlled absolutely everything from start to finish and Millwall were absolute dross but I don't think we gave them a chance to be anything else than that so like I say, we we're brilliant against Port Vale but I was more pleased with the performance on Saturday.
0: Mm. Mark what was your assessment of uh, the game it sounds like everyone's just quite happy again which is rare being a Bolton fan or is it? Not so
3: much these days actually it's just nice That's a fair shout isn't it? I I, I agree with with everybody else really I mean it was was a great performance but I just felt that having Jay Spearing back in there just kept the midfield ticking over so well that the you know the the players just seemed to feed off it and you know the the tempo was so much better than it was against Peterborough and there are a few reasons for the Peterborough game I think the preparation was, was a bit off I think Parkinson said in the in the build up and he's obviously looked to correct that and um, I just I just thought yeah from the off they 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 were up for it you know the the, the attitude was perfect and there wasn't you know I, I gave I don't think I gave lower than a seven. Um, in my, in my match races, which is incredibly rare, believe me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, because they just deserved it. They, I just couldn't pick any faults. And people like Taylor, I just I couldn't couldn't really fault anything they'd done at all. It was just such a good performance. And, uh, you know, it, it, had, it had that kind of air of a team that was going to go and do something this season. If they can, you know, if they can replicate that one out of every three performances, I think they'd be
0: fine. Mm. yeah where- Speaking of Andy Taylor, where has this player come from? Because Wigan fans were laughing when we signed him in the yeah. summer. And he's been brilliant every time <laughs> I've seen him play.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I, he had time at Reading. I mean, what Wigan fans won't tell you is that whilst, I mean, you know, they, the whole team sucked, didn't they? As they as they got relegated under, under Rosler. Mm. Um, but... And and what happened with Taylor is he got bombed out over the summer, but actually just went out on loan back to the Championship and played for Reading for most of the season. So uh, whilst the, the Wigan fans might piss and moan about how, how badly he played for them, he just went and played for a pretty solid Championship club after that whilst they were playing in League One. So um, I think he turned up having not had a good pre-season Season at all. I mean, we're gonna just let him completely alone to train alone. Um, and it took him a while to get up to speed, but he's he really is that sort of solid type for me. He's, he's a good, he's got good character. And it's a bit of a cliche, but he just seems like the sort that's not gonna let you down too often. Yeah. Um, you know, whether or not at uh, his age now you can step up into the championship and do the do the same job, I don't know. We'll have to see that that kind of thing if and when that happens. But um, in league, one one level is the type I think that. that
0: Really need. I know you're a big fan of him as well,
1: Chris. I aren't well, you? <clears throat> yeah, well, uh, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't blown away until until the weekend. I mean, he was. He, he kind of lived up to the six out of ten uh, nickname that I was. Uh, a lot of Wigan fans seem to give towards him. But I thought him and and to. Uh, to Jump forward a little bit. I thought Josh Veller both had the, probably the best games for Bolton on Saturday. Um, Taylor was everywhere, he, he was brilliant. He, I was really worried beforehand because that on Yedema, on as he called, the, the mm. fast right winger they've got, from what I'd seen of Taylor, I was a bit concerned that he might have a few problems, but he dealt with him. He showed all his experience. He, he really did find it uh, quite straightforward and he was just as good going forward as he was at the back and and I thought it really was a a really good solid performance Um, and like Mark says if Wigan fans think that they've sold us a dud then I'm quite happy to have that kind of dud on our books
0: Speaking of duds have you heard about Bogdan? Cruciate (laughs) Go on He um, he got stretched off at the weekend to to laughter from Wigan fans and he's done his Cruciate the poor lad
1: Oh dear, didn't know about that. That's, that's a, a shame.
0: That's a bit of a career decline, <laughs> isn't
1: it?
0: So, Chris, Josh Vela, you want to talk about him? One suspects.
1: Yeah, I was really impressed. I mean, I've given him stick in the past year or so about his performances. I thought he was pretty poor. But in the last few weeks, he's been great. And on Saturday, like I said, he was our best player, in my opinion, and I think he had his best game for Bolton, too. Um, pushing forward, he spoke today, I think, in the bolton the news, Mark, about how um, he's trying to press from the front, and I think that's, mm. that's really interesting, because I found sometimes, when he played that holding role, that he suffered maybe from a bit of a lack of pace, whereas up front, he hasn't got as much ground to cover, and perhaps that lack of pace is masked a little bit, and so it utilises his, his strengths, which are his pressing, his on the ball ability, and we've seen this season that he can hit the ball. You know, in, I can barely remember him having a shot in the last two years, but this year I think he must be on three or four goals at least. And I think yeah, it's, it's a, a good, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a really good progression to his game, and uh, and it makes me think now back to to the years that he might have been wasted, perhaps at right back or, or at, uh, in a defensive midfielder role, because he's really suiting this. attack this attacking position, most definitely, and long may that continue.
3: Mm. Hey, I think he's got no an effect in the team as well, hasn't he? He's, he's, he's he, I think he, a lot of the time last season, particularly, he, he never really knew whether he was going to be playing holding midfield, no. whether he's pressing, whether he's playing right back. Mm. And you know, as as a character, I know he's, he's a fairly quiet lad. He's not really one of the outspoken types, of, and and he's, he's he's quite insular. And I think he just, you know, tripping over his bottom lip a little bit, perhaps um, at, at times in his Bolton career. And I just think that Parkinson's managed to bring something out of him, and he's looking, he's looking more mature now. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, filling out as a player. He's, he's found his niche in the team. He just, the confidence is, 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 is turning into a much better, much more rounded player. So long may that continue. Yeah, it looks like he belongs.
1: I think he's coming up to. A, it, it, Definitely, sorry, I think he's coming up to 100, 100 appearances, I think, if he's not already just passed it, so I think you're right, Mark, his time's come now, hasn't he, he's, he's filling out, he's, he's 22, he's no longer a prospect, he should be a solid a solid uh, first pick, and it, and it looks like he's, he's found his uh, his natural
2: position, which is great to see. Yeah, uh, he looks to be enjoying his football, which <clears throat> I've never really definitely. seen him play with a smile on his face before, um, but at the minute he's, he's enjoying it, and obviously you, you work better when you're enjoying it, and defenders hate him because he just doesn't give him a minute
0: <clears throat> yeah absolutely I think for the first time in his ball career, he looks like he truly belongs in the team he looks like as yeah. Mark said he's got his place he's got his role he knows it he's enjoying it and it's great for us to see I think similar can be said about Clough at the minute I know he's playing more on the left isn't he at the minute because it's like Vella in the middle with uh, Sammy out wide, but that that first start, that whole track effector are just playing really, really well. I think Clough is even he's he's scoring goals freely again for the first time since he first stormed onto the scene. And I never liked him as an out wide player, but it's, it seems like again, it seems like it kind of suits him in this team, doesn't it, Mark?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think straight from the off, Parky fancied. I mean, he fancied Vella straight from the off, but in the summer. Well- first things he said to us was, I like this lad, I think he's got something about him. So it, it was clear he was going to get a run in the team. But with, with Clough and with any of his wide men, I think at first he, he made a statement to me about wanting to get wide men into the team and I think I interpreted that as, "All right, we're going to get some wingers back and a lot of fans are thinking, well great stuff, we're going to get this width in the team again. But actually what he wants is these wide players that come in and, and, and cut in and, and I think him and Amiobi both do that really well and come in and, 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 and cause problems for Fullbacks finding these kind of little pockets of space, um, and Coffey's intelligent enough. I think he's, you know, he's, he's a clever lad. Uh, you know, he's got a bit of growing to do, and he's, he's 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 finding his way a little bit more on the kind of physical front now. But with this running the team, this injury free running the team, uh, I think he'll get your goals uh, definitely. From, even even from that left hand side,
0: mm. um, are you
3: allowed to say Friedman's
1: name on you? <laughs> You whisper it. <laughs> it, may, it may be, be bleeped out
0: But yeah You yeah, say whatever you
2: want right. um, If I'm right I think Dougie Friedman Had him playing on the left um, mm. In the youth team That was part of the reason There was a big A big hoo-ha About Dougie's attitude Towards the kids If I'm right um, But I think What Park is seeing With Cluffy is, I think in the middle In this division Even in the championship He's just getting clogged And if he's playing With his back to goal I think you take away Half of his talent I think by letting him drifting from wide mm. he's always going to be running at defenders instead of trying to turn and i think that just suits his game a lot better
0: i think you spot on there actually. definitely
2: yeah. yeah
1: yeah i totally agree and i really like that quote you um you put across mark on twitter from the, the journalist on the other side about how elusive mm. he is and i think that freedom being out wide it allows him that rather than being constrained by being a central attacker which for all Madin's faults he, he provides that distraction i think
3: Mm. Well, I, I, a lot of the the Oppo journo's inkleth out even when he's had, I think, pretty average games. But it's just he's so good to look at. You know, he's, he's a almost a pretty footballer, and there's not too much of that around in League One. But some of the, the little sublime little touches that he he puts across, you, you might miss them in the general sort of scheme of play. But I think when you haven't seen that, and and when you sort of cover League One footballers, as a lot of the other journo's do those little touches of class really sort of stand out and, and a lot of the time they pick him out and say, Jesus, where's he come from? Why isn't he playing at a higher level? Um, and I think, you know, eventually I think he will. How high, whether he's Premier League quality, I think you'll probably see in the next sort of 12, 18 months to see how he develops. But but right now he's, he's playing good football, as, as good a football as he has done for Bolton and, and, and exactly... Uh, exactly what Jimmy just said there about finding those little pockets of space and not playing through the middle, which would be a mistake. I think a lot of people would like to see him. Uh, I've said to me like, you know, play play two up front, play him alongside Medine, but I do think that'd be to okay. his detriment. I think having having that bank of three behind him has, has opened up a lot of different avenues for Bolton and a lot of different attacking avenues, and I, I think it's it's worked in their favour.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think, it's just for me, it's just, as someone who's not exactly been able to analyse every game to a tee at the minute, it's just great to see Clough in the team on a consistent run, not getting injured all the time.
1: Yeah, I think it's good. I think Amiobi has been a bit of an unsung hero as well at the minute. I find I find when he first started that a lot of the preconceptions I had about Amiobi were, were coming true. You know, he's seen a bit slack, a bit, a bit half-arsed, but in the last half a dozen games it seems like a switch has been flicked with him and I guess maybe it's uh, part of the realisation it's coming to the end of his Newcastle contract which means probably the end of his chance realistically of playing Premier League football but the way he's, he's taken his Bolton career by the scruff of his neck especially in the last month six weeks or so I'd be really impressed with it and, and I know later on we're going to talk about who we might want to sign and, and so on I think Ami, extending Amiobi's contract is really important to us and um, whether we take him on in the end of the season where we can afford him or not is another matter. But I think the, the defensive work he's been putting in lately has been impressive, yeah. not, to, not to mention what he does on the attack. I don't know what you think about that, Jimmy.
2: Yeah, I love it. I mean, when he first came, I, I was a bit thinking, oh, here we go, another fancy Dan who's flopped at a higher level, wears pink boots and he's yeah. not going to do it in League One. And the first couple of games, like you say, that was kind of it. He'd, he'd go on a run and then you wouldn't see him for 10 or 15 minutes, whereas Saturday he, he was doubling up on his with his full-back, he was helping out, he was winning balls in the middle. Um, and then he was the first one breaking when the keeper had the ball, which uh, maybe he needs to be a big fish in a small pond. I don't know. Um, yeah. Maybe, you know, if he does have a bit of ego about him, may- maybe this is helping him. But I think the big thing about him, Vela and Clough is, I think they genuinely scare defences. And we've not had that for years. I mean, obviously we've dropped a down a level, but people are scared when we get the ball. And if you can't my Mark Amiobi the because then you are leaving. Vella, you can't man Matt Vella because then you're leaving Clough and me, Obi, and I th- it's just great to see those three in behind a forward mm. who can all batter defences. Mm. I think
1: his unpredictability at this level is a big thing because uh, you know we've not, we've not seen a great deal of, of fancy flair football from uh, from most teams, to be honest with you, and to have somebody that unpredictable that range yeah. I think that's that's a definite bonus whether that will serve and I said the same to my dad at week I'm watching the game whether that means if we were to get promoted Amiobi would become the Amiobi that we thought we were getting is, is another matter but I think right here right now it is one of the most important
2: plays we've got in the team mm. Yeah I mean I, I wrote a couple I think it was the Port Vale game um, and I wrote up from that that defenders can't know what he's going to do because I don't think he knows half the time <laughs> um, I think he reminds me of Paulo one shop he just he seems to do things and then you realise what he's done after he's done it, rather than him having a specific right. I'm going to do him my man, or I'm going to cut his side. I just think he's so instinctive, which mm-hmm. y- you can't mark. That. Yeah,
0: interesting. I think. When,
2: um, oh I'm just going to just going to make a point there. on
3: Amelby is uh, he's, he's very early on when he when he came on loan. Um, he'd, he'd had a bad game, and I, I wrote something along the lines of, you know, he's, he's conforming to all these stereotypes. And can he last a game out? Is he going to be a super sub? You know, and and. I don't think he'll mind me saying, but Parkey pulled me in his office and, and wasn't overly impressed with what I'd written. Um, and, it, and he it basically said along the lines of, listen, we've got to get this out of him because he's believing this. Um, you know, he, he's he got to, to he, words he uses, he's got to be more demonstrative. He's got to start chasing people down. And he said that once, once he feels like the fans are behind him a little bit, by doing these kind of pointless things, he's running, you know, Chasing down a lost cause or chasing down a goalkeeper and all these things that fans tend to clap that don't really add a great deal to the, the whole tactical sort of side of the game. Once he gets that confidence, then you'll start seeing more out of him. And I think that happened. He started suddenly becoming a little bit more defensively aware, chasing back, making the odd tackle here and there, but now he's kind of he's confident enough to be able to do both sides of it and he's he's starting to learn a bit more. And as one of you just said before there, certainly on Saturday against Millwall. There was no problem there on that right-hand side. You know, Wilson. Wilson's communication is excellent, by the way. He, he does pull him. He's got him on a string. He, he, he's, push, he's, he's telling him exactly what he's doing. But they've they, they formed quite a nice little partnership there, and there's, there's no weakness there. Whereas when he got into the side originally, both of them were defensively a bit porous. They're both improved, and that right-hand side now, which has been a problem side
1: for God knows how long yes. for Bolton, is he's actually quite strong.
2: Yes, remember
1: mm-hmm. uh, Tyrone. It- Tyrone Mears and Mark Davies, what a right side <laughs> partnership they were!
2: can believe
1: that as What so, I mean, what that's interesting. I was about to ask the same. But what, what sort of bloke is he? Have you had a chance to speak to him, Mark. Is he, you know, because he looks like he's he's running down the wing and he's thinking about what he's done for his tea that night. You know, I just <laughs> I have that impre- that impression of him that he, he's so talented, but maybe his mind wanders a little bit. Is that is that fair?
3: Yeah, I, I, he reminds me a lot of Shoulder. His personality is very, very sort of similar. They, they have got a kind of a, <clears throat> a laid back kind of attitude. Uh, very, very intelligent lad. Um, you know, he, and, and bizarrely enough, whereas they were both born and raised in Newcastle, Shoulders ended up with, well, I, I think Shoulder moved there when he was very young. Scholler's ended up with this thick, georgie accent, whereas he sounds like he's from Richmond or like Miller London type of thing, you know, posh London. I don't, I don't understand how that's happened, but they are, they are quite, you can see you've got to motivate him, you know, I think left Left to his own devices, maybe he would kind of you know, flit in and out of games and, and, and be that sort of, I mean, like we saw at Cardiff, for example, in the Championship, where he thought, you'll have ten good minutes and then the rest of the game you won't see him for dust, but um, I think he's, he's got to have a fire underneath his backside, but I think Parkinson's that type of guy, he's, he's, he's a good man-manager and he's, he's taking each player and Treating them very, very differently, you needs to take, you know, you can, using a completely unique kind of approach with each each lad. Um, and the Amiobi one's are a perfect case in point because I've seen it through from where you know he, he had his concerns, and now he's saying, "Well, look, this is why we did this. This is why we did this," and he's he's, he's getting the reaping the rewards. So you know, it's good to see.
0: Would you say Parkinson's like well, obviously it seems like he's is, so is he a good man manager then? Is he good with Harry? You know, talks and gets the confidence into his plays, and that Given it—you know—him giving unique treatment to each player is that is that a unique thing, or at least unique for Bolton managers in recent years?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not been. Uh, I think I think Coyle was a little bit like that. He was—he was—he was, was a very sort of affable, friendly coach, Coyle, and he'd be every friend. So when things were going right, everything—you know—he had an arm around each individual player. But we all know what happened when things were going right. And people tell me, and I didn't work with him, but people tell me that he's very similar. Park is very similar to Bruce Rioch in that you know he had this kind of individual approach, and he, he took a step back and left training pretty much to you know his right-hand men, and, and 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 watched things from afar, and then came in when he needed to, and then he'd always be on the periphery to take people aside and and give them a word, rather than being that the, the main man like Lennon was, or. Uh, Coil to an, to an extent, you know, being part of the, you know, kicking the fire sides about and, and such like. But um, he's, he's he's got his own unique style. But I do think that man management side is is what's seen a few of them through, and I think it's 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 helped a lot of the ones that were scarred from last season, the ones that have come through and were involved in the relegation season. That kind of arm round the shoulder or that you know kick up the backside has, re- has really helped, and it's stopped any sort of hangover with with most of them at least.
0: Yeah, yeah I think. I think many of us have said on different occasions that so many players, so you like Spearing, Wheater so many look a lot more rejuvenated this year, and maybe it's just because you know it's a lower division, they're playing well. But I, obviously, playing under a manager that they I like, I imagine, also helps.
3: Yeah, I mean those. I mean is one of them. You just need to get him out there on a football. But he wants to do is play. He doesn't want to train typically, but he will. Yeah. He wants to play. <laughs> uh, you know, Spearing is more uh you know you're, you're atypical professional and he's he's you know he, he does he needs to be loved obviously but he I think he's he's got enough about him that he doesn't need too much mollycoddling but there's there's others in there that really do need helping along and, and you know certainly the younger ones and it's, it's been interesting to see the way they've they've taken different approaches with each one and and managed so far, that you couldn't tell me that there's many players, men, many, that are completely out of form in, in the squad at the minute, and that's yeah. that's not a bad going, considering.
0: Yeah. On a quicker aside from the game, we was on about how well Sammy's been playing recently, why do you think it's not really gone well for James Henry at Bolton Suffer?
3: So um, Those those misses, I think, just got to him a bit, I think he's a better player than that, I, I, I do think. Given time, he'll he'll turn. But I just think that kind of series of games, the Walsall game in particular, where he just, you know, some 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 real bad ones, and and there was a little bit of you know annoyance within the crowd, and I think he just let that get to him a little bit. But obviously, Amiobi's form's been the main one that's kept him out, or otherwise he would have been in the team before that.
0: Yeah, undoubtedly. So going back to the Millwall game, uh, Jimmy, was there any players that impressed you on Saturday that we are yet to discuss?
2: Um, to be fair, I don't. I liked, I thought Derek had a slow start but he grew in, I was a bit nervous about him playing at the back again um, he didn't have a great deal to do but he still he stepped out with the ball, he always found a white shirt, Thorpe was fantastic when he came on, I thought I don't think Trotter did a lot wrong to be fair but I thought we looked a better team with Thorpe in there um, And again, Taylor was the standout because as much as I've enjoyed him I thought yeah he's a steady defender and he's, he's, a, he's an improvement over Moxie um, I think like Mark's just said with Amiobi and Wilson on the right, I think Taylor and Clough really, really clicked at weekend. Um, he bombed on past Clough when Clough stepped inside. Um, but he always seemed to get back. Um, I don't think he's, he's the quickest, but he just seemed to get there. Um, and I, I just think that's the case of a good player getting comfortable with his teammates. Um, but I can't really pick anyone out. I think I, I gave Taylor the man of the match just because like, he was the biggest surprise over Vela. I think Vela's been playing well for a few weeks. Um, but no I thought they were all superb I thought, I thought it was a, a brilliant team performance
0: yeah. you mentioned Derek and Farp there so Derek obviously played in defence in that game for, I think it's his first <laughs> game there for quite a while but presuming when Wheat is fit and Beavs are fit they're the first choice And so then we have a position alongside Spearing in the midfield who's better there Farp or Derek what do you reckon Jimmy?
2: <sighs> I think it's a nice problem to have and one we've not had for a long time mm-hmm. Um I think, to be fair, my, my gut would always be to go safety first and go Thorpe. I don't think he, he'll offer quite as much on the ball going forward. But I still get the feeling with Derek there's a mistake in him. Um, and I don't think there is with Thorpe. Um, I've said that now, we'll probably score an own goal tomorrow. But uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. but I, just, I think, certainly in the bigger games, where it is more safety first, I'll definitely go with Thorpe. I think if it's a game at home against the team where we can maybe take a bit of a chance, then I'd go Derek just I think he offers a bit more in terms of vision. But now I think at the minute
0: it'd be thought for me. What do you, what's your opinion, Chris?
2: Yeah, um, I see where Jimmy's coming from, but I,
1: I don't think you get anywhere by being cautious. So I would always maybe go with, with Derek in midfield. Um, I thought it was interesting to note how small Derek looked at weekend next to Beavers. I didn't realise quite how big Beavers was. Um, he was the man that also impressed me, by the way. I know he, he didn't get mentioned then but maybe that's because we're so used to him being really yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Perhaps.
0: It goes with what we're saying.
1: I think, yeah. that, I think that's what I said in my in my, um, my article today, that it's no surprise now that Beavis is an 8 out of 10. He's, he's been fantastic signing, perhaps yeah. the best one we've made in, in a good couple of years. Um, but, but Thorpe has got his own merits. I think him and Derek are quite similar in terms of their physicality. I, I don't see Thorpe necessarily being a one to put in a crunching tackle. But given his upbringing at United, he's, he's just as comfortable on the ball as Derek. And so, yeah, I think you couldn't really go much wrong with, with either player. Um there's one final thing, Mark, I just wanted to just mention about Ami Obi that I didn't quite get a chance to fit in there. Um, is with his contract ending at Christmas, do you know if anything's been said yet about extending it? I mean, Newcastle are flying, they clearly don't need him. Um, he's playing every week with Bolton, surely it's a no-brainer that he, that he signs on.
3: Yeah, I mean, they've asked, they've asked the question. Um, what, of course, is always the case with the loan players is when, when they start doing well and they start getting decent headlines, then all of a sudden the... the the, the club that own him, start charging more, or start, you know, mm. thinking they can get him playing at a level. So I think Newcastle have been a little bit canny, and they're not—they've uh, not just said yes straight away. Um, but I think it will come down to perhaps the player and, and how you know wanted he feels, and how 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 much he wants to stay on. Now, speaking to Sammy, a few times I have done, he, he really is happy where he is. He's living in the hotel still. Um, he hasn't sort of bought a house or anything definite like that but he's, he is looking at, at laying down roots if he can do. So, I think it's, it's fairly promising, but obviously,
1: good. you know, a lot can go on. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Brilliant. Oh, well, back to, back to what I should have yeah. said, Dan. Um, Wilson, I thought Laurie, our yeah, mate, Laurie was, was good at the weekend as well. Oh, he's yeah. been another sort of six, six and a half out of ten performer um, for me during his time at Bolton, but I thought he had, he had another an excellent game that weekend. He, he's far Tom was right. Yeah, so, well, obviously he played a long game, didn't he? No, um, oh, he was, did. He was correct. Uh, and I was really impressed by Wolf. I thought he, he had an excellent game, as, as they all did. I mean, um, Trotter, bar, bar a, a blooming daft tackle right in front of me that on another day might have had a more harsh punishment. Um, didn't do much wrong himself, himself either, but the same goes for all of them. The only one I wanted to slightly debate with, with, with Mr Donnelly, was was Medin. Um The benefit of us being in League One means you can get mobile phone signal in the ground these days I, I tweeted out that I was a bit surprised he got a standing ovation um, to which I was immediately challenged by a certain Mr Donnelly, like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> um, I just wanted to know if you wanted to bring that discussion perhaps to the yeah, old I podcasting think... game mate do you want to let me know where you were coming from and I'll and I'll retort in my own way
2: Yeah, I think, I think part of the reason Della Clough and Amiobi are doing so well is that Medin granted at times he is rather Bambi on ice but he, he tends to take two defenders with him wherever, Whatever he does there's, there's two men on him um, and that then creates all that space and I think if you were to sacrifice him for, for the sake of argument an Adam Lafondre figure would the three in behind him get as much as much room to do what they do I just think he's playing that system that one up front with three behind it's not often you get a one there who does everything i.e. take men out the game win three kicks and score a lot of goals. Um, and I just thought on Saturday, he, even the people around me who tend to love a good winch, even they were stood up clapping him. Um, because, again, he didn't get a sniff a goal, but he, he made a lot of room. Um, he did a lot. He did all the donkey work for the likes of Ami to step in and get the headlines. I, I just think, he, I thought it was fantastic at weekend. Um, uh, I think yeah, he's, 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 he's that knackered when a chance does fall his way that it doesn't work for him. Um, and I don't think he's ever going to score a lot of goals. Um, I mean, he's got four, I think, for the season. Um, just before he got injured, he was scored a few in a few games. But I think in our system, I just don't think it it suits a out-and-out number nine. Um, but Saturday, I, thought, I just thought his work rate was phenomenal, which I know is the least you can ask, but um, I thought he made a lot happen.
1: No, oh, fair enough. I, I agree. Where and see where you're coming from in terms of how he fits into our system. I just can't help thinking that I, I need, I need a bit more strikerish behaviour from my main striker. I accept fully that he, he's not necessarily playing as a striker, despite where he lines up on a pitch. And that point you've made about the way he might be uh, physically able to respond to chances given the efforts he's put in is another matter altogether. I just, I, I worry, I worry about how long a team's look can can go without. Spreading the goals around as much as we as we have been doing, really. I mean, he's on no, no goals in eleven. I think now Medine. I mean, Proctor as the alternative is is no alternative. He's none in seventeen. I think I read the other day. Mm-hmm. So we're stuck. We're stuck with him. Come what may, there's no there's no issue with that. There. Um, I just maybe like to see him be a bit more selfish, perhaps. You know, it's a good thing that he's so team orientated, obviously, and he's bringing others into play. Um, the likes of Vela, etc., benefiting from that. I just fancy that I want my centre forward to be a centre forward and that's perhaps where I would like him to change. And I reserve my standing innovations for for more than a bit of effort, I'm afraid. I mean, I've given him in the past, Kevin Davies has been the recipient of many a standing ovation for a load of donkey work and no goals. Um, Perhaps I'm just getting a bit less generous in my old age, I don't know. What do you think, uh, Mark, on that front with Medine? I know he's he's obviously a hard-working forward doing a thankless task, but where would you stand on that debate? Or do you have a a third opinion, perhaps?
3: Well, no, I, I, I would I would be leaning towards Dewey's opinion if I'm honest. Uh, I would like to see Gaz be a bit stronger in certain situations. I think he looks for free kicks a bit too often, uh, which you know sometimes if you're winning them, that's all well and good. But I think I think Le- League One referees seem to be getting wise to it, and he's get he's not getting decisions that he probably should get at times simply because he's he's flounced to the floor a couple of minutes before. But um, no, I, I don't think he's going to get a lot of goals. I don't think it's absolutely necessary, though. I think a few people are saying, you know, we're never going to go up without having a a 20-goal-a-season striker. I don't think that's necessarily true, because if you've got those three players who are going to get in double figures, for me, easily, uh, behind them. Um, why do you need it? I, I remember Hull going up a few years ago in the Championship, and and their top scorer was on something like eight to nine goals, uh, and it was all about the you know the kind of the, the wide men behind and, and chipping in from midfield. I, I think that can happen with Bolton. I, I, I know they are looking for a striker, by the way, in January. I know I know they are looking for somebody, but I, I, I just think that the way that it's set up at the minute, it's so tailor made for the three behind them. And Medina's doing a decent job there, and Procky proc, proc could do as well, but he's not quite as as good in the air. That's the that's the main problem. Um, he's he's probably a bit more mobile and can run the channels a bit better. But it, I think Gaz is 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 doing a decent job for me there. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it.
0: Mm, we literally can't change it at the minute, really, can we? Because like I say Proctor, I think I really I thought Proctor was good when he first came in, but you know he was it. Who did they do that miss against? When it was literally was it Bury maybe? He literally missed for about three hours. Yeah. It's yeah. like he's not helping himself, is he? But, but
1: is there? I live. I live, I live and work in I live and work in Preston, and, and I spoke to a few of their fans when he signed for us, and the, the majority of them were the opinion that he's he's actually a better as an attacking midfielder rather than you know giving him the number nine shirt and trusting him up top. And I mean his his career goals record perhaps bears that out. Um, Mark, I know he did, he scored a few goals for Bradford, didn't he, under Parkinson? But do you think yeah. maybe? Merit in that in that he's, he's not necessarily that number nine perhaps that you might expect.
3: Yeah, I think I think he's played wide right for, for a, a decent chunk of his, his Bradford time. He, he didn't play for Bradford for that long, but um, I think he played the right hand side of, with Hanson being the, the main man up front for for, for Bradford and and, and Proctor coming from one of the wider areas. But um, no, I, I think he's got a role there and. I, He's, he's a I think he is a decent player I think he's a good a good backup for for Medin um I think that they in, in January I'd like to see them add something a little bit different to the two of them so that they they add a, a you know I don't think Keshi Anderson's quite shown me personally that he's 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 ready and, and, and able to uh to to add in something different up front so you're kind of lacking that one different type of central striker but uh uh, as far as as far as Proctor goes, I, I, I think he's got a he's got a role in the team, and he's he's never going to let you down for effort either. And, and you know, it might be the, the the least you you know require from from a player, but uh, you know we've seen enough not not chip in a bolt in the last few years. I think it's it's nice to uh, it's nice to have one that you know you're just going to throw in and you're going to get hundred percent from.
0: Well, shall we move on to the coming matches in this week? Then, or is there any other thing? Any of, yeah, anything else? Anyone wants to say about Saturday's game?
1: No, well, let's no, pretty. happy. No, no. most. I was, I was one final thing. Sorry, it's just come to mind now. Um, I was happy that that Ben Amick in goal. He he had a bit of a shaky game against Peterborough, didn't he? And and he came just in for a bit bit of, bit of grief off people. But I, I thought he did everything that he could have done on Saturday. Granted, he wasn't didn't have that much to do. But I don't remember him making a single a single thing that you could perhaps describe as a, as a mistake or something to give you concern.
3: I'll tell you something about that actually. On the on, uh, Peter the Peterborough game, a few a few of us kind of mentioned the fact that his kicking was poor and he was he was looking it just looked off, he looked rusty to me. Yeah. Um, but speaking at the training ground today, and, and a few of them were saying that they've changed uh, the way they're going to do things before the game a bit. Is is that he'd done such a heavy warm up on the you know, warming um, warming Howard up in the game before, in, before the game, but he actually felt a bit knackered when he turned turned up on the pitch. Yeah. Um, so he actually went into the game feeling <laughs> feeling a bit leggy type of thing. So uh, I think that that's actually made them change a little bit of the, the warm up routine and, and and the way that they'll be looking to do things from uh, from here on in, just in case it happens again. It's it, some, sometimes they carry three goalkeepers, sometimes they don't. So I think they'll probably be bringing a spare. bit between now and the rest of the season.
0: Interesting. Well, moving on to these this week's matches. We play Coventry tomorrow, which completely snuck up on me. I had no idea. And then we play Northampton on Saturday. So starting with the Coventry game. Mark, you obviously went to the ground, the training ground today, and talked to the manager and whatnot. So, what's your feelings going into this game? You know, with the dishevelled Coventry. <laughs> They're a funny side, aren't
3: they? They've got Mister Sordell up front.
0: Um, yeah, of course. He's got six goals
3: from this season, which is which is a, a decent return considering. Uh, they're, they're a young side, very young side. They've lost Sam Ricketts as well. Now he's had to retire with a knee injury, which is very sad news. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he was a cracking lad. Uh, I really enjoyed working with him, but um, yeah. They're, 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 yeah. For me, very down at Oxford at the weekend. Um, so e- even Phil Parkinson, who's watched him kind of three times in the last three games, doesn't really know what he's going to be coming up against. So I think it's it's how they deal with Sordell first and foremost, and then and what the rest of the team put in.
0: Mhm. I've a, I've been I was talking to a commentator fan I know who said that apparently Andy Rose, uh, one of mm-hmm. the most important players, might be a doubt for tomorrow which would obviously yes he's be out, out yeah he's yeah, so yeah. out completely so that's obviously another boost for us after yeah. um, Fingers in uh wherever Millwall strike went off on Saturday so we're getting the rub yeah. of the green fringes for once so uh, Chris how do you see the game going <laughs> tomorrow
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to it, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to it as much as you possibly can. Um, A midweek game in the back end of November when it's been chucking it down for the best part of two days at the Reebok. Um, As I wrote in my preview that I posted today, I really fancy yours. I know they're in in shocking form. Um, Comparatively, they started the the season off with no wins in 10, which I didn't quite realise. And granted, since Mart Venus came in, they've, they've actually improved a little bit. I think they've won four out of eight. Um, as Mark said, they're coming into the game after getting spanked against Oxford United. So they're obviously a team with, with suffering from problems on and off the pitch. I've got an article going up in the morning about how um, they've struggled under this CISU, or CISU the call, I think the um, the, New- the owners that have been in since 2007. Um, and if you think that Bolton have had it bad in the last few years, I didn't realise just quite how bad commentary have had it bad. Um, they're they're fifth consecutive season in this league as well. And the nineteenth, I think, or eight.
0: They've not finished in the top six. Sorry? they've not finished in the top six of any division for about forty-seven years or something.
1: Mm, so there you go. Their their slump is 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 everlasting, it seems. Um so I do fancy us, and I find that their their problems uh, with Rose, especially being out injured, is going to be a big one for them. Uh, though Sardell might have scored more goals this season than he scored in his entire Bolton career they seem to be pretty one-dimensional in that if Sardell doesn't score I think their next best goal score is on maybe two or three um, when I was scouring Wikipedia when I should have been working this morning mm. so I do fancy it, I think we're in, we've got enough about us and at home especially as well I still fancy it'll be a fairly intimidating place for teams to play mm. and I wouldn't be surprised if we were to come out maybe three or four nil winners quite content with that I think
0: Yeah, it, I feel like we're looking... I not know, our home form is really good. Have we even lost at home this season? Oxford. Is that at home? Bloody hell, yeah. That's... My, yeah, I believe yeah, it was. 2 yeah. Nil, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, so apart from that... Yeah, it was... Oh, man, I mean, that's 2-0 to that. How the hell did it happen? So aside from that one blemish, we have been quite good at home. And I can't... Well, hopefully can't see it continue... Um, not continuing tomorrow and then on Saturday a team who are quite different in terms of the fortunes this year Northampton Town they're going well at least they were last time I checked they're doing pretty good Matt Taylor there seems to be scoring free kicks every time I see him on Saturday or something so Mark how you see that one going this bit of a bit of a longer trip isn't it it
3: is yeah I've not been to uh to Northampton for quite a few years actually. I think they've sort Frankie Benny's in behind the ground is the best thing I can say about that one. It's it's a horrible place to work. Uh yeah, I mean they they absolutely stormed it last season, didn't they? I, mm-hmm. my mate Nicky Adams, was playing from last year and uh, and he said, you know, the the, the 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 role they went on was just absolutely incredible. But they've they've obviously um adjusted fairly well, haven't they? So
0: especially since they lost the manager.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's yeah. I mean, they're an atypical League One side. I, I think it's 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 another. They, they're all much for muchness. There's not been anybody in this in this league so far that's impressed me particularly, um, or, or or had me worrying. I think Sheffield United and 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 well, certainly, certainly. Sheffield United. I've not seen much of Scunthorpe in all fairness, but I, I, certainly Sheffield. They're, they're starting to look like a side now, Sheffield United, but. I, I don't think there's much in this division that need you need to be particularly concerned about As if you're a Bolton team. you just got to make sure that level of consistency is there and they'll be okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Chris, I remember the last time, or at least I think the last time we played Northampton, was in the Cup when we lost to them at home. Mark Bunn. Oh yeah,
3: Gaz Kale got sent off, didn't
0: he? Was it really? I, 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 yeah. can't, I can't remember I can't, I can't how yeah, to remember I, I remember All I remember now. was that Mark Bunn, who he went on to play for Norwich and Villa, might be in Villa still, had the best game definitely of his life he was amazing Akin
3: Semmer was playing from as well
0: correct yeah he was, was yeah, mad I Danny,
1: Sh- Danny, Shittu, Danny Shittu he scored no goal I had a really bad mistake that cost us the game yeah. I yeah. seem to recall um, but Mark, much of a muchness seems to sum Northampton up I've done a little bit of reading up, reading up on him this morning planning what I'm going to write um, they're on six wins, six draws, I think, and um, six defeats from their 18 games. So much of a muchness pretty much covers it. I think the goal difference is more or less zero as well. Um, so you don't, you it seems like you don't really know what you're going to get from them. Now, I can't say I've ever been to Northampton to watch us, and, and I won't be going at weekend. I've got far too much decorating to do. But it's one of those games, isn't it, where if we're going to be there, uh, uh, hoping to get promotion, we've really got to go there and, and win. Um I think they they're on. They lost their last two games, if I remember rightly. They lost against, against uh, Peterborough and Gillingham um, after beating Berry, but everyone beats Berry. So hopefully we can come into the game uh, with our form having been six points from the last two and them having zero from their last two as well. Um, I fancy us, as ever. I fancy us in this league. I think we've got to go into every game uh, looking focused. However, they're playing Bradford away tomorrow night, um, so we could maybe hope for a draw perhaps on that front. Just to to boost our chances and to and to hinder Bradford's a bit. Scunthorpe I'm a bit less um confident on as i as I'm with Sheffield United, I think. Scunthorpe are uh, they benefiting from is it Morris, is he called the striker yeah, or I about I about what he's about 15, Morris, yeah.
0: Sixteen goals yeah. already.
1: That's right, yeah. I mean he's on a Parking career best Did he Yeah,
0: really?
1: a, a career best no, I didn't know that. A career best streak and and those sort of things don't seem to don't tend to last.
0: He's being lit so with I'm Birmingham pretty happy today. So in the ah,
1: is winter. he really? Yeah. So, yeah, we see that might that might unsettle them then perhaps a little bit as well. Um, but Sheffield United, yeah, I think their time's come, hasn't it? Wilder showed last year what a good uh, good manager he is, and obviously disappointed not to get him. That tempered a little bit with what we've done under Parkinson so far. But they're a decent club who I think most people could probably contend should be playing at a, a higher level. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just goes to show our, our our victory over the over them on the first day of the season was it was an impressive start. So. Northampton in my, my yeah
2: the
1: in the long term. I
2: think the big advantage the other teams have got is they all seem to have an out-and-out goal scorer, whereas as we've already discussed, we've got kind of the three behind the one. Um, but I think I think the top four is kind of breaking away a bit now. I mean, I'm still. a nervous disposition, I'm still looking at 7th or 8th, the last playoff place um, and seeing that we're 7 or 8 points clear of it and I'm still kind of looking at that at the minute because I think I'd have have bitten your hand off for a playoff place Um, so I'm still kind of looking that way but I think I still think we've only really played well in two games and we're up where we are and we had that horrible month where we couldn't hit a barn door and couldn't buy a point and we're still up there um, so I kind of think we we can get better. I don't know if they can. I think they're probably playing at their maximum. Sheffield um, United and, uh, and Scunthorpe. So I, I'm getting I'm getting there. I think January is massive. If we can keep all the players, maybe bring one, maybe two in. Then I think I think I think we're good enough. I think we're the best team in that division when we get it right. Um, we just need to avoid too many Peterboroughs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um... Another thing that's coming up either this week or next week, I'm not quite sure, is the Q&A with the chairman. Now, Mark, this looks like it mm. may be interesting. It
3: does. It does. It's Wednesday night, actually.
0: It? Um, I thought it was. I couldn't remember. I didn't want to yeah. stake my claim to something I was not 100% sure on. But, yeah, this Wednesday... Wednesday door, third, I
3: think it starts at half past seven. Um, all fans invited. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I just think it's an, uh, it's. Whether it's brave, foolhardy, don't know. I can't make my mind up. Uh, With the the accounts not being filed and and all the, you know, the the, the hoo-ha about that um, and all the questions that remain unanswered on that front, it just seems like a really, really strange time to be saying, well, come on, guys, come in and ask me as many questions as you like because you've got to be very, very sure of what you're saying. Now, it says to me that either there's some good news that's going to be released in the next couple of days um and, and not i'm not saying that because i know it but i'm just thinking you know thinking aloud or that he, he, you know quite literally is is uh, is brave enough to to answer any questions that, that come his way because i think you've got to look at not only the fact that the, the accounts haven't been haven't been filed despite a couple of different reasons being offered and, and, and different kind of deadlines being set but there's things like the embargo which it's very much up in the air, and there's a lot of different theories flying around this thing that, you know, relationship with Dean Holdsworth. Which you know, how much is that causing an issue? We, we, you know, it is I know it certainly is causing an issue, but for him to come out and say in public uh, to, to supporters how, how constructive or destructive that might be, I'm not too sure. Um, and you know, there's, there's various other kind of financial stuff knocking around the, the club that. Uh, I just wonder how, uh, what, what, whether it's a wise move or not. If I'm honest, uh, and that's as a journalist who's going to be writing about everything that gets yeah. said there that night. You know, obviously it's it's quite good, it's meat and meat drink for for people like me. But uh, looking sort of completely yeah, down the middle, I just wonder how wise it is.
0: Yeah, I I respect the muscles for doing it, and. It's certainly going to be interesting. I mean, you know, we all wanted openness and you know, clear, not clearness, whatever. You know, we all wanted when we were clamoring for new owners way back when that we just wanted them to be open with us. We wanted them to have a dialogue, keep us informed, not you know, not just keep us in the dark, having no idea what the hell's happening. So for him to, I should say, be brave enough to go and face the wolves and answer questions coming his way, it, I would respect it for it. My worry would be. And, you know, going into it, my kind of worry is: is that how much is he actually going to answer? Is it just going to be a lot of you know how me you know how interviews are done these days? It's just all very nothing statements just to you know get the question answered. Hopefully, he is as candid mm. as we would like to think he'd be, and he'll answer questions honestly or as much as he can. Well, that gets you know get some answers on some questions which which some valid concerns still remain about.
1: I I just wonder how how, what, how what we can actually benefit from it, or whether it's just going to cause more problems. I mean, great, if he stands up there and gives you truth and, and uh, chapter and verse about the accounts, that's one thing. But if it's bad news, he's only going to then be ask, asked, well, what are you going to do about it? And then if he won't answer that question, I fear that something like that could end up coming and causing more unrest in the stands. You know, uh, Not saying that there's a mutiny or anything like that, but people are asking questions, where are the accounts and why we not seeing them yet. And if it's bad news, then that just leads to more and more complicated questions that maybe got answers that he's not, he will not be comfortable giving. So whilst I respect the fact that he's prepared to stand up there and, and be, be spoken to and, and answer these questions, I, I just wonder whether it's going to open a big old can of worms.
0: What do you think, Joey?
2: Yeah, I think obviously he's got a bit of a, a chequered past, to put it lightly, um, but he, he's certainly not daft. Um, and I can't imagine for one second why anyone in his position would put themselves up there to be shot at unless he's got a hell of a big shield to deflect it with mm. um, so either he's got a patsy there to take all the bad news for him i.e. maybe Dino or he's got something very nice to reveal um, which is going to completely take the sting out of any pre-prepared negativity Um There's got to be, I can't see how he wins from it um, unless he has got some good news. And I don't think he or anyone in that position would go into that without a win in the pocket. Um, So I I just hope I can get there from work. Um, But there's got to be something there. He's got to have something to reveal Um, because I don't know why the hell you'd do it otherwise. Yeah,
0: how do you see it going? Mark, do you think it is a good thing or a bad thing? And obviously, it's great for you because you know weeks worth of stories on one night. You'd hope, but <laughs> how do you see how do you see it
3: going? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, and this this kind of issue of kind of transparency and, and and such like from the top, I want to say absolutely on the record that 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 Ken Anderson's been fine with us, no problem at all. You know, if if you ask him a question, it might not always be on the record, but there's a kind of a level of communication that. You don't necessarily see uh as a general public, but you know, it, you know, there has been information coming from the club. There's not been any problem with that. Um and same with Dean. S- same same thing, they've both been both been fine. Um, we know where they stand. Getting those record getting those comments on the record sometimes is is difficult and they, they can't talk about certain certain information. Um and a lot of that has been uh you know about the finances and about the reasons for not putting stuff uh, putting the accounts in it just I just wonder has something changed you know that makes that all of a sudden okay to, to talk about um, and and as a couple of people have touched on there you know what happens what happens if something gets said in even in, in in the heat of the moment that people don't like and all of a sudden it sets it up I just think things are going so well on the pitch at the moment. I can just uh, I just have this horrible nightmare of, of having to write that story that all of a sudden tips it back in in the opposite direction again <laughs> and it all starts all the everything starts unraveling, and then we get right back to where we were at the start of the year but i mean i'm sure i i'm am I'm, 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 I'm fingers crossed everything everything's fine and, and to be honest you know everybody behind the scenes is fairly comfortable with things, so uh, I just hope it goes that way well.
1: How do you think the communication um, differs, Mark, to to what it was under the Davies or the Garth side regime? Is it completely mm. different? Do you still get, do you still get um, stonewalled sometimes with some nondescript answers, or is it better?
3: Yeah, I mean, you're always you're, always, you're never going to get everything you want, certainly in this job, uh, and fans are never going to want get every single bit of information they want. It just it doesn't doesn't work that way, unfortunately. It's a business, isn't it? But I mean, going back to the Davis Time Eddie Davis didn't want to talk. Full stop. Didn't want to. He he didn't want to speak with the paper. I asked a million and one times to speak to him. Never happened. Um, He wanted Phil Garsa to be his front at the time, and Phil (sighs) Garsa. We could probably devote a whole podcast to the uh, the hows, whys, and wherefores of, of what he did. But ultimately, his emotions ruled the roost. Sometimes he'd be fantastic. Sometimes he would be absolutely impossible to work with, and and. One thing is for sure it's that the, the communication from the football club was dictated by the relationships he had within that football club. P- people did not want to give out information and be seen to be the people giving information to the paper or to the fans in the fear that he, they would get in trouble, there'd be reprisals. And that affected the whole lot and the whole club froze up in a in a sense. Um, so in that respect, I can walk in now and... and, and I hope that comes across in in the way that we write writing, the way we're covering the club. Uh, I can walk in now and, and ask questions of of anybody and and get a reasonable answer. It might not be the whole the best answer you could possibly get, but it's it's there. There is a communication, there is a dialogue on on most subjects, and and I think that's a, a huge step forward.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you know we're finally. It's just nice to know that our club's a bit more open than it was, you know, because it's, it's just nice, and it must make your job easier for one as well. But um, that's, that's my friends. Is the end of the line of sweet yeah. Ah man, I'd be so shit today. Bloody hell! Apologies. That, my friends, is the end of the line of Vienna Sweet podcast episode sixty-seven. Thank you very much for listening to us. If you want to catch more about words and whatnot, well, there's free websites on display today. You of course you go over to the line of the best one of them all. Well, um, <laughs> for all, for my Chris. Tom and so many other people's words. Of course, Oh, Jim, do you want to go and plug yours?
2: Yeah, Trotters Blog. We're on Twitter, at Trottersblog. Um, I try and put something up once a week and uh, I usually do the ratings, so there uh, should be something up after the game tomorrow night.
0: Mm-hmm. And what about your Twitter? Where can people follow you, Jim?
2: Uh, we're at Trottersblog on Twitter. My personal one is at Wire uh, 84 uh, I tend to do more talking through that one because... Liam doesn't trust me with the official <laughs> one. And, Mark, you, 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 right, don't really,
0: you don't really need to plug your website, really, do you? No, 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 don't worry.
3: Don't go on, it's rubbish. Ah,
0: it's good, <laughs> it's good. It gets all the stuff. the ads. You're going to go over to, of course... The Bolton News, you know where it is. Buy the paper, click the ads, and of course, follow up Mark on Twitter at Mark Isles, Get me on Twitter at Mabroski, and get Chris on Twitter at 19Manning83, get Line of Vienna on Twitter at Line of Vienna. Stee. And as a quick aside, we didn't win in the FBAs, alas, because fucking Scousers and I think it was a Leeds bug won instead. But thank you all very much for those who voted. It's always very nice to get your name in the on the little list and we were on top of the little list as well so that was cool. So thanks very much for your support and hopefully, you know, never you know, maybe next year. But if there's nothing left to say. It's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Jim.
2: Say goodbye. Thanks for having us.
0: Say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Chris. Always Okay. <laughs> say goodbye, Mark. <laughs> See you later guys. Alright, it's goodbye for me. Salavi.